Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. You guys can high five. Your el- you can elbow high five. Somebody, if you're here, if you're safe and smug in your living room somewhere in the world, uh, chances are everybody's safe. So you can elbow them or you can hug them. Actually, give them a kiss if you want to. Uh, this is exciting. I'm so excited. I'm pumped. All right. You can all take your seats. Good to have everybody here. Uh, it's been a long time. And, uh, you know, I feel, I feel like I've been stranded on an island. Does anybody remember Castaway with Tom Hanks? Do you remember what the name of his friend was that he, his, his name was what? Okay. And do you remember what he looked like? You kind of remember Wilson, don't you? Kind of remember him? Uh, well, Wilson! I told you there were people! They're here, Wilson! They finally come! If you've never watched Castaway, you think, what the heck is our pastor on? But uh, there he is. Say hi to Wilson, everybody. See, I told you they were real. And uh, we're that excited. Hey, thank you guys. You guys are so amazing. These guys, give it up for them. They have been uh, recording to Empty Room, and I've been preaching to Empty Room. And it's been uh, it's a, it's a real challenge. Like, it's a whole different dynamic. But we're so glad that you're here, wherever you're watching in the world. Our prayer is that you are safe where you're at, that you can enjoy the service, and uh, that you will, you're just part of our family. So, but it's good to see all these smiley faces here, all distance and everything else. Uh, it's, it, it's a new season, and we're doing a new series called All Things New uh, this morning. And so I, I really invite you to tune in. Look, whatever's happened in the past is gone. Uh, it's, uh, you know, not a new normal. I don't want new normal. I want new brand new, and uh, so I'm also almost like this year is, uh, uh, the second half of the year rather, is almost like a new year. It's almost like I want to say, Happy New Year, uh, January 1st, the, the clock is reset. Here on the Sunshine Coast, unlike so many places where you're probably at, uh, we're no longer in lockdown, that's why we're having church, and we've had some of the football teams move to the Sunshine Coast and to our state of Queensland because there just isn't the, the COVID that there are in other places. I think there might be a couple of people with it. I'm not sure, but it's not, you know, probably a big threat to us right here. So it's, a, it's wonderful to live in a safe place. But if you're not, we really do uh, pray for you. We do appreciate the fact that some of you are in places where there's incredible danger. And we're just happy if we can provide somewhat of an oasis, somewhat of a a safe place for you to have church in your living room and and take whatever you've got from us. It's all free, uh, but we believe that whatever we've got is for you. And I think that this this season that we're in right now in this new series, uh, I believe is going to bless your heart, really, really bless your life. Uh, So all things new, God's always into doing new things, and I feel like City Church, our, our church here, like there's something new and something fresh that we're stepping into, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. And uh, so we've got uh, some fresh vision and some things that I'll be talking about further up the uh, line. We've got some new initiatives, 
Uh, when we say all things new, I mean it like I mean new. And so if you really want to step into something new and fresh in your life, then you are at the right place. Well, welcome back and uh, welcome home. It is amazing to be here, and uh, it's, it's so amazing that God is doing something new. I've, I've discovered in life that it's a lot easier to do something old than it is to do something new. I don't know if you've discovered that or not, but uh, it's, 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 it's always easier to, to renege back to previous habits and, and, and previous relationships and the way that, you know, we did church in the past or whatever it is. It's a lot easier to go backward than it is to go forward and to step into something new because something new requires something called faith. You haven't walked that way before. So therefore, you're about to step into the unknown, and we don't want to do that. We're creatures of habit. If you're anything like me, it's a lot easier to retreat to uh, the past. But God loves doing new things. I'll give you a couple of scriptures on this. Ephesians 2, it says this, 15, it says, uh, His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. He took the Jews and the Gentiles those people like us that were grafted in, and, and, uh, and he said, I'm making one new people out of that. Ephesians 4.24 says this, to put on the new self. Wow, not a, not a recreated extreme makeover self, but uh, a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In other words, not by the works, your own self-effort, effort, your sweat, not by your own righteousness, your own standards, but he says, uh, the new self created in God to be true and righteous and holy. So have you ever seen something that was supposed to be new and it wasn't? Somebody goes, oh, there's a, there's a new fashion out. I go, well, what's that? Yeah, it's a new hairstyle. Yeah, it's been around. It's called the mullet. It's just come, come back again. Uh, oh, it's something about the, you know, the, the people wearing their hair long, it's something new. It's like, yeah, we did that. You know, that's been done back in the 60s. There's, there's hardly anything. Solomon says this. He says, well, there's nothing new under the sun. But yet God begs to differ with Solomon. There is something new under the sun, and it's something new under the sun, S-O-N, something new in the spirit. God wants to do something new in you. And collectively, of course, as a church, he wants to do something new. I think about where would we be if we never did anything new. Think about that for a moment. So I've brought a few little goodies here, but, uh, you know, some of these things. This is a shirt. It's a John Lennon shirt, and uh, it's from an op shop. It's probably worth something, actually. It's, uh, anybody remember when we had that kind of pattern and things, and some people go, yeah, but it's new, it's come around again. No, this is from an op shop, it's probably circa, you know, 1960s or 70, uh, and I think about this, and I think, that looks pretty cool, I could actually wear that now, because it's been out of fashion for so long that it's probably come back, back in again, but where would we be with fashion, where would we be with this bad boy that I'm about to pull out here? Okay, there we go, hey, uh, hey, you got a call. Somebody want to answer that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got to get to the phone booth or something, or we're not going to have the call. You know, we got, uh, we got, uh, I, I like, I kind of like, if, if we were driving this, I'd probably be happy, and some of you would too, but, you know, what about that, if you could see it? The battery's hanging out, so 
uh, the motor was actually running back to the office. I thought, I don't know how to turn it off because it's making a noise. But, uh, you know, I think about that. I think that would be pretty cool to drive that, actually. Uh, but there's a lot of cars that I've owned in the past. I'm really glad that they've modified it. Uh, like my brother had a Vega, you know, it was the worst car. The windshield uh, rusted all the way around and uh, started to fall in on that thing. I had a Dodge Coronet 1966, and uh, one of my blessed roommates smashed in, backed into the, the passenger door so it wouldn't open. Oh, sorry, it was the, the driver's side door. And I remember uh, it wouldn't open, it was all rusty, and I, I picked up this, uh, this girl on a date that I really wanted to impress. It was the middle of winter, and she's thinking I was polite by opening the door on the passenger side. She's about to step in, I go, no, no, no. I've got to step in, I've got to scoot across to the driver's side, you'll have to shut your own door. You know, that was a piece of work car, had the bench, bench seats on it, you know, for a long drive, you know, that was really comfortable. Cars have come a long way. I don't, I don't look at the past and go, man, I wish that we had those uh, nowadays. But uh, well, how would you like to wake up to this? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Like, time to get up. Uh, not like a silent thing, or, or its little brother here. There you go. Uh, but aren't you glad that there's some new things? If you're in the Star Trek, which uh, I kind of am, uh, but remember these flip phones? Kind of looks like what Captain Kirk had. You know, we went from that, we had big bricks before that. It's like, okay, here's a Samsung. We got something small now that we can use. And, uh, but nothing compared to what we got now. And guess what? Whatever else is in the bag, let me see. No, it's just another phone. There you go. I'm going to leave all that junk there. Wilson's somewhere. I don't know where Wilson went, but, uh, uh, you know, aren't you glad that there's new things all the time? I'm not one of those guys that looks back to the past and laments over it. I'm actually looking forward to new fashion, new styles, new cars, new phones. I like my big television. Thank you. I don't have to go to the movies as much. New fashion. Uh, and so the next time I'm reluctant to try something new, and the next time that you're reluctant to do something new, think of where you'd be if you didn't do something new in the past. Just think about that. Where would you be? How would you be talking? How would you be eating? Perhaps not as healthy. How, what would you be driving? What would you be living in? What would you be wearing? What would your styles like? What would your life be like? And, and even more important, what would you think like if you had not stepped out and done something new? I am so thankful that I stepped out and I started following Jesus so that he could start renewing, got it, renewing my mind and, and getting me to think the way he thinks. I'm so thankful that my former way of living where I was stuck in the past in the, in the way of doing things, I'm so grateful to him that he's brought me on and he continues to do that and uh, I don't have to think the way. What about relationships or you know, new people that you've met? Think about it. if you're part of this church, chances are however long you've been here, you probably didn't know any of these people and now they're your friends. How good is that? Because God did something new. So what will it take for us to continue doing something new? What will it take for you to do something new? For you to do something new, you, you have to, I'm going to give you three things that uh, will help you, and we're probably only going to get to the first one this morning. But for you to do something new, number one, if you're taking notes, you've got to see something new. It's called vision. It's called have a dream. Or if you're looking for one key word, it's called 
revelation. It's revealing something that's probably already there, but it's hidden, and the curtains come back, and you can see it clearly. That's why God has a whole letter in the Bible called uh, the book of Revelation. It's not that Jesus suddenly appeared. He was there, but the curtain has come back, and now we can see him very clearly. And so a person without a vision is, is doomed to repeat the past. Revelation 21.5, it says this, He was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He gives a revelation, and he said, it's as good as done, but I'm revealing something new to you. Isaiah 42 and verse 9 says this, starts off with this, See, look, in other words, see, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. I am going to tell you what's coming up. Before it comes up, I'm going to announce it. Now, I want you to see it before it happens. Isaiah 43, verse 19. Again, he starts with C. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I, I love to dream, but it's not very long after I start dreaming, that something happens. And perhaps this is your story as well. I'll start to dream about things. I, you know, I get, I get ideas about inventions all the time. Uh, I've managed to get some of those things actually into the marketplace, very, very few I might add. Uh, but I've invented so many things. I've, I've dreamed about possibilities to problems and, and seen solutions to things that, that needed to be solved. And, and, and so my mind runs like crazy to, to, to get a solution and to dream up an answer and to, and to see something. But then, if you're anything like me, then this happens. It's called a reality check. I don't know. Have you ever had that before? You get a big dream. And then this voice goes like this. It goes, yeah, but. Yeah, hold on, partner. <laughs> you know, before you gallop away on that horse, let's just have a reality check here. Now, some people are your reality check. And sometimes you just want to say, you know, I need to avoid you because I just want to keep on dreaming and I want to see the vision, especially the vision that God's given me. I want to see that come to pass. I want to continue to dream. And I'm here to tell you this morning, wherever you're at in the world, keep on dreaming. Keep on seeing it. Don't let reality checks stop you, slow you down, spoil the party, push through that barrier. And, and when somebody says, yeah, but, say, get on your butt, get out of here, but, you know, I am not having a yeah, but party. I'm having a, a vision for God party because God wants us to move forward. Uh, and, and so, you know, you've got to come to a place where God is more important than the dream. I'll say that again. We, we need to come to a place where God is more important than the dream. And if God's more important than the dream, there's no yeah, but that's going to get in the way of the dream. If God's in the dream, then he expects you to push through barriers, opposition, naysayers, whatever it is, problems and obstacles, and, uh, and, and realize that the obstacles are your opportunity. 
oh, this is good, guys. Like, you know, you know, th- this, is, this is not like an empty room this morning. So, you know, I am saying some things here that I believe I'm speaking to somebody, whether you're here on the other side of the camera or you're in this room right now. Sometimes we don't like obstacles. In fact, I'll say it this way. Pretty well all the time I don't like obstacles. But what I've learned in life is the obstacle is actually the opportunity. The obstacle is actually my way to grow, to get character, to take me where God wants me. As I read my Bible, have anybody ever read their Bible? The scriptures, the the thing that really impressed me about the scriptures, the biggest thing that impressed me about the Bible when I first was given a Bible back in 1978, I think it was, in a hotel room, I started reading that Bible. I started to see the honesty that God didn't take the mistakes out that God showed the mistakes that these people made. They stuffed it up majorly, and he kept it in the book. They had all kinds of obstacles, usually called people. And, uh, and he kept it in the book. In fact, their names are in the book. Some of them repented and got over it. Others didn't, and, and their names are in the book. And I'm like, wow, like if I was going to write a book, I would edit that puppy. I would just have like everything good happen to Ed. Ed was amazing. Ed never made a mistake. Ed said the right thing all the time. It was, Ed is amazing. The whole book of Ed. It's not in the Bible, but, you know, uh, it would be an amazing book, but it wouldn't have my mistakes, my failures. It wouldn't have any obstacles in it or anything that was an opinion that, that cast some, something, a shadow on me. We need opposition. Opposition is opportunity. Now, your friends are going to comfort you, but there's one thing your friends can't do. They don't build you through that. Sometimes your friends will make you a victim. (laughs) Oh, you know, it's okay. You don't need to follow what Jesus says about it. You know, uh, be a victim. Let's just have some pity parties together. You know, I did that too. I too have failed. I too don't want to face opposition. I too, I too, I too. No, friends. Your, your, your opportunity is in your opposition, and your oppos- opposition does something that usually people aren't going to do, and that's build you, build you up. I remember they did an experiment in Arizona a few years ago called the bubble, I think it was called. And it was a, uh, a big bubble they made in the middle of the desert. They put a lake in it. They put trees. They put flowers. They put... Uh, some animals in there, some fish. They put all this stuff. They put these trees. And, and, and they noticed something amazing was happening. The trees were breaking. The limbs were just breaking off the trees. And they're like, what's up with that? Why are these trees breaking? And the reason they came to was this. There was no wind in the bubble. There was no opposition. The fiber of the tree couldn't get strong because there was just nothing to oppose it and make it strong. We need opposition. Oh, I'm preaching something, and I, it's probably not, not your uh, favorite thing, but, you know, you, your, your victim focus is where you're going through. If you're, if you're focused on, on being a victim, it's, it's, it's because you're going through something, but the difference here is visionaries focus on what they're going to, not what they're going through. Oh, we're all going, we're all going through stuff. I'm going through stuff all the time. How about you? But my focus isn't going to be uh, on, on what's happening to me, poor old me. It's got to be on what I'm going through and what I'm going to. 
reaching out. For joy that was set before him, the Bible says, Jesus endured the cross. In other words, he had a vision, and that vision was you saved, you restored, brand new creation. And because of that vision, he, he despised, he endured the cross, despising the shame, it says. He was looking at what he was, not just what he was going through, but he was looking at what he was going to, which was you and me. So when God gives you a vision, it's not just a vision uh, of taking you uh, and leaving you the way you are. Opposition doesn't just challenge your present position. Opposition comes to challenge your destiny. So there's three obstacles that I want to give you uh, that will come to challenge vision. So for us to have all things new, something brand new, don't think it's just going to be handed to you. We can, we can shout and scream all that we want right now, hip, hip, hooray, but there are three things that are going to come to oppose your destiny, the vision, to stop what you see from ever happening. The first obstacle is present conditions. The present conditions will counteract the vision. So the vision, he says, make it plain. Write the vision down, it says in Habakkuk chapter 2. It says, write the vision down. Why? Because you're going to forget the dream. When the obstacle happens, you're going to forget the dream. You're going to focus, if you're human, you're going to focus on all the junk that's coming your way. Your friends are going to come around to make a victim out of you. And, and, and you're going to forget the dream. So he says, write the vision down. Write it on stone tablets. Do not forget it. Then he says, keep it before you. Keep looking at the dream. Keep looking at the vision, even in this COVID season that so much of the world is in. If God's given you a dream and God's given you a revelation, keep the vision before your eyes. Write it down. You're going to forget the future because of the present. If you don't do that, your present conditions will come in and overwhelm you and swallow that dream up and you'll forget it. Write it down. I remember where I was saved in San Diego. I was saved at 1555 8th Avenue in the middle of the city. And... Uh, just down the hill from 8th Avenue, I was kind of up on a hill, the hotel called the Astor Hotel Apartments. And, uh, and just, just down the hill across the street was a hotel called the El Cortez. Still there today. Went back there, saw it. And the El Cortez had the very first outdoor elevator, where the elevator to go up to the top floor, which was the skylight, I think, called a restaurant, the elevator was on the outside of the building. And it was a glass elevator. And uh, I used to love to ride that elevator because it was free. And uh, you'd get on the elevator and, and uh, you know, the thing would start to lift up. And, and it wasn't, uh, I don't know, 20 stories or something, maybe 25 stories. It wasn't a high, high rise. But it was up on a hill, the El Cortez. You could just see the whole city of, of San Diego. You could see the Harbor Bridge. And you could see the, the Navy ships, the aircraft carriers, and everything over at North Island. And, and, and at nighttime, it was just beautiful just to ride the elevator up, even if you weren't going to eat at the restaurant. Just get a free ride, get a great view. So I'd bring people that would come and visit. We'd get on that elevator. And then I found uh, a story about how that elevator was the first outside elevator ever, uh, that they know of anyway, in the world, and how that happened. And I was intrigued. I'm thinking, yeah, the El Cortez, like, 
that's, that's right across the street. It was the uh, hotel where Bobby Kennedy stayed before, the night before he was assassinated, went to, the, uh, went to LA and stayed at the Ambassador Hotel and, and was assassinated. A lot of history happened at the El Cortez. And as I'm reading this, I'm intrigued. Because how did that happen? And the way it happened was they didn't put enough elevator shafts in the hotel. They didn't plan on full occupancy of the hotel. Therefore, people that wanted to get to the higher floors or even to the uh, Starlight or whatever it was called restaurant, they had to wait in line to catch the only lift in the middle of the hotel to get up to the top of the hotel. And so they called in all the architects. They called the engineers in, and they're busy. The, the, the condition of the hotel, it was an older hotel, uh, they're trying to figure out how do we get a shaft in the middle of the hotel without knocking out seriously structurally and, and getting rid of a whole bunch of rooms. And, and, and so they're trying to figure it out. And they had all the plans and everything. They're up on one of the floors discussing this, uh, how to do it. And basically, they came up empty. The architects, engineers, the owner of the hotel, it's like, we, there's no way that we could put another elevator <laughs> shaft in this hotel. And the janitor. Thank God for janitors. He's sweeping, you know, and he's minding his own business, but he can't help but, but to hear what they're talking about. And, and he hears them discussing it, and, and he walks over and he goes, why don't you put it on the outside of the building? And they laughed at him. They went, oh, you know, go back to sweeping floors. Like, what do you know? You're not an engineer. You're not an architect. You're not, what are you? You're a janitor. Go back to sweeping floors. But it wasn't long that they thought about it and they thought, you know, that's the only viable solution is to put that elevator on the outside of the building. And so they did it, and it was so good for business, for the restaurant. People like me would just go there, bring, you know, all my, my uh, traveling friends and, and people on holidays just to ride that elevator. Friends, your present condition is, is the first obstacle that you've got to overcome. Whatever it is, whether it's physical conditions, I'm too old, I'm too young, uh, whatever, 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 I'm, I'm not geographically in the right place, get over it. Step into something new. You've got to overcome your present condition. And then the second obstacle that presents itself as a yeah, but mainly, it's the obstacle of present resources. Your present resource will never match the vision that God has taken you into. I'll say it again, your present resources are probably, well, they never will match the vision that God's taken you into. If you can make it with the current resources that you already have, whether it's money or people or volunteers in a church, whatever it is, then the vision's too small. God calls you to do something that's so big that you're going to need more resources and he has to show up or it's going to fail. And so the obstacle of present resources, or if we want to put it this way, provision. Pro means before the vision. The provision, it's not going to ever be before it. It's going to come when you step into the vision, provision shows up. But it doesn't show up before. You're not going to have all your ducks in order. Everything God's called us to do here is a church. Uh, some of the things, it's like, that's crazy. People go, that's crazy. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough money. We don't have a big enough facility. We can't do it. And I'm like, good. That means God must be in on it. Because if we could do it without God, without the provision and, and, and of faith, then, then friends, it's too small. It's probably not God calling you into it. He doesn't give you the resources before the vision. The vision comes first. They show up. 
And then the third and final obstacle, and I, I've, I've got uh, three things that we're going to talk about with new, and I'm only going to get to the first one I can tell uh, this morning, which is uh, see it, or revelation, vision. Uh, but the third obstacle that stops the vision, and we'll probably land the plane with this one, is the obstacle of your present self. There's a present self, and you're sitting here right now, and I'm standing here right now. There's a present self, but there's also a future self. Your future self is the one that's going to actually walk in the vision when it's fulfilled. Your present self is the one that actually gets the vision. But you know, and I know, that your present self right now is not adequate for the vision here in the future. And that's called growth. Those two have to run parallel. God shows up, he shows you a better future, he also has to show you a better you or a future self if you were. And, and, and the key to this with faith is that you are better than you actually are. You have to believe that where God's taking you on the journey and overcoming those other two obstacles and, and walking by faith, you have to believe that where God is taking you is better than your present you or where you are right now. Your present self couldn't cope with the future challenges. Right now there are things I know in the future that I'm, I'm 65, my next birthday, like, come on, like God, you'd think you'd be finished with me by, by now. It's like when most people are talking, you know, when are you going to retire? It's like, I don't know. Like I don't see that in my life, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. I seem to be speeding up. I seem to be more on a mission for God now than ever. I went working out with, uh, with Dan Fisher yesterday, you know, uh, British commando, like fit as anything. It's like I made the big mistake of saying, hey, Dan, uh, there's, a, there's an exercise station at the end of the street. It's got some, you know, equipment on there. And he goes, okay, we'll do a circuit. And I'm like, uh, yeah, this is bad, man. Like, I, I can't wait. So we get down there, and then he's like, okay, we're going to do five things all the way through this circuit, you know, bench, chin-ups, going to run, we're going to have a 10-second or 20-second break in between, we're going to do some squats, we're going to, you know, he's got all this stuff that we're going to do, and I'm like a meathead. Like, it's my present self says, I, I can do it, and right now I can tell you, I did it, and I'm in so much pain right now. <laughs> Even yesterday, I told Gail, I said, man, Usually the pain hits the next day, but it's hit me already. What? She goes, I told you, what did you do? What did you do that for? It's like, yes, but it's a good pain. It's a pain that says, I'm going to grow through it, and, and I'm going to lose some fat over it, and maybe get some muscle redistributed or something. You know, It was a good pain. Look, Dan, I died with a smile on my face. And, uh, but my, you know, your present self couldn't cope with your future challenges. So by the time you get from here to there, you won't be the same person that you are now. You won't be the same person that God gave the original vision to. And God knows that. The rest of it's called growth. So God gave the vision to a man named Abraham. Or Abram, sorry. Uh, Abram means uh, uh, exalted father. So it's like, oh, I don't have any kids. It's okay, you're going to have a child. Isaac you know, came along later down the track, but uh, God gives the vision to Abram, but it's Abraham that gets the fulfillment of it, and the fulfillment was father 
of a multitude, father of nations. You are Abram, exalted father, even when you don't have a kid, God's challenging you, your present self, but you're going to be Abraham. It's like, how could that be? His wife laughs, God gets angry, you know, and God does that over and over and over again. Jacob means what? It means deceiver or supplanter. God gives the vision to a supplanter or a deceiver. He gets a stairway to heaven moment, angels coming up and down and all the rest of it. He says, this must be the house of God. God gives the vision to a deceiver, but the guy that gets to walk in it is Israel. He's a kingdom man. He is a king of a nation. He is, you know, right now we talk about Israel, that's his name. That's his future name. You've got a future name. God gives the vision to uh, Simon, which means read. Jesus is like, okay, you know, you are Simon. You are a read, man. You are all over the place. You are blowing in the wind. You are not fit to carry the cross. You are not going to be a world changer, but I am going to give you another name. I am going to anoint you. I am going to give you a vision, Simon Reed, and he becomes Peter Rock. He becomes the man of the vision. Friend, God is calling you right now to be somebody by going into something. God is calling you something that you are not. God calls a man named Saul of Tarsus on a road to Damascus, and he gets blinded. He gets blind so that he can see. His eyes get opened up. He is persecuting the church. He's the guy that holds the cloaks as they're stoning the early church and all the martyrs and everything else. And God calls him while he's still Saul of Tarsus, but then he calls him into being Paul the Apostle. Paul writes, Paul, an apostle, I am a sent one. I bear the marks in my body. This is not going to be easy, but God takes me from Saul of Tarsus to Paul the apostle. God is taking you, my friends, somewhere. God is calling you someplace called a vision. God gives you, and, and the most common reality check that you're going to get is probably not the first two with just the conditions or the lack of resources. It's probably the reality check of you are not the person for the dream. The person in your dream is a world changer, but you're not changing the world. It's trying to change your underwear or something. The person in your dream is a giant killer. You're afraid of a little, a little spider. The person in your dream is a history maker, but all you manage to do is make messes. God gives you the dream today, though you're not ready today, your dream runs parallel to who you are. So the person in your dream, even before you're that person, is the person of your dream. You have to become the person to fulfill that dream. So the troubles that you're in right now, trouble, you're not that person yet, but you're going to go through it. The dream God gives you today is when you're not that person that you're going to become. You've got to walk the dream out. I'd like the music team to come up, thanks. And uh, we're going to close off in a moment here. But the visionary and the person in the vision can't be two separate people. I want you to get this. There's not two separate people. Simon, when he got the, the vision, and, and he was a reed, he was still Simon. He's still, in essence, he's, he's, he's not the, a, a different person. He's... Uh, got a brand new spirit upon him and a brand new vision, but it's still Simon. Look, we all know our warts. When you, when you get married to somebody, you know, you marry them, they say warts and all. 
It's what you do. You know, they're not perfect, but you married that person. The person that you're married to, if it's 50 years down the track, they're still the same person, but God's still able to do something new, and you walk together toward the dream, toward the vision. You become more alike. There's, you know, pulling each other up on things and growth and obstacles and all of these things. And the person that you are right now, as you're sitting here or watching us online, the person that you are right now is the person that needs to walk parallel to the dream. You need to walk that out and start every step, you start becoming the person that you're going to need to become to fulfill that dream. That's how it works. So I'm very excited, and I'm going to pray, and I'm very excited about all the people that are here right now because God's given you something. Uh, it's not over yet. God is still speaking to all of us, believe me. He's given you a dream, but I believe some of you have surrendered that dream. You've given it up too early. It's not been fulfilled, and in, in, uh, the reality check is taking you out. Maybe one of those three things that we talked about is taking you out of action. You had a big yeah, but moment where you thought, I'm just going to shut the dream down. I'm going to take the piece of paper that I wrote the dream out or what God gave me, I'm going to throw it away and let's just forget about it. There are a lot of people like that and they're scattered, they're littering the landscape all over the place. But God hasn't called you to quit. God has called you to stick to it, write the dream down, keep walking. No, you're not the person yet, but you're becoming that person. Take the obstacles and let those obstacles build you. Take whatever you don't have uh, whatever you don't have, don't despise it, but take whatever resources that you do have and start to use those. Whatever is in your hand, David, I've just got a few stones. Then take those stones, put them in the sling, and let them go. They'll kill a giant. There's a widow with some empty vessels. Take those vessels and let the prophet fill those vessels with oil. And as many vessels, empty vessels, as you bring, he will fill it and God will use whatever you've got. I just know I am preaching to some dreamers this morning. I want something new. We're in a new season, church. We are in a brand new season. And I really, really want you to embrace all things new. Can I pray for you? And uh, you that are watching online, I want to pray for you. I don't like to end a service without giving you a chance to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. And when you do, you'll start to get dreams. They'll be incredible. You'll start to get vision. God will guide you through this process. He won't save you from obstacles, but he'll be in the middle of it. He'll be in the storm. He's not going to save you from the storm, but he'll be in the boat with you. Wherever you walk, it's not going to be problem-free. God doesn't promise that. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So I want to pray for you right now. Firstly, uh, for those that don't know Jesus, it'd just be my honor to lead you in a prayer. This is simple. This is not a formula. It's as simple as just asking Jesus to come into your heart. But I'll, I'll lead you in, in a prayer. You can pray after me. I really encourage you to do this. Uh, God is tugging at your heart. You might feel your heart racing a little bit right now. Uh, you know, oh, I don't know if I do that. I'm going to have to live up to some standard. No, God will come into your life. And he will take you just as you are. Uh, the difference between religion and following Jesus is the difference between do and done. <laughs> God, God will not 
cause you to have to do, 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 do. He's already done, 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 done it. Just receive it and walk in that grace. It's called grace, and God will do something amazing. He'll empower you to walk a way that you can't walk. Amen. So why don't we all pray this prayer together? If you're here right now this morning, you can pray this out loud, uh, even if you already have. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending your son to accomplish what I couldn't. I thank you, Jesus, for taking my life just as I am. I give you my life right now. Amen. Well, if you've done that, please uh, send us an email. We'd love to know that. We'd like to get you started wherever you're at in the world. If you're here on the sunny coast, we'd love to get you started in following Jesus and becoming a disciples of his. So God bless you. Uh, also right now, just before we go, um, I want to pray for the visionaries, which is everybody. We've all got a dream or a vision. And I'm going to pray right now that God would just release you from the yeah buts, the obstacles that have stopped you or slowed you down. And you'll push through barriers. You'll push through walls. You'll begin to dream bigger dreams again, that you will become what you uh, can become, not just stay with who you are. Father, I thank you right now. Open our eyes. Open our eyes like you did Jacob to see heaven and see a stairway. Open our eyes like you did Saul of Tarsus who was blinded on that road and you opened his eyes and he became Paul the Apostle. Open our eyes, dear God, one of uh, us that are blowing in the wind and, and all over the place with our emotions or directionless or whatever it is, Open our eyes in Jesus' name. Cause us to be steadfast on the rock. Cause us to be little rocks, anchors that other people can grab a hold of in the middle of their storms. Lord, I just thank you right now for every dreamer and every visionary that we would dare to write the vision down in Jesus' name and see great things happen in this world. And everybody said, come on, amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.